Thank you for listening to the Destin Youth Podcast. I have no idea why I'm talking like this, but apparently this is how most bumpers are supposed to sound. And now, let's begin. I don't think that's how you should talk, though. What's up, everybody? Welcome in. Good to see you on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Kick, and TikTok. Um, we're doing something a little different on YouTube, on TikTok, sorry. Um, I am glad to be back. I'm glad to be back. So, <clears throat> I do have a very, very exciting announcement to give to you guys today. Uh, we just crossed over 1,000 subscribers as of Sunday night. So, that's a very, I'm, I'm very happy about that. We just crossed 1,000 subscribers as of Sunday night. Man. Let me tell you something. This has been truly God. Um, so I'll explain a little bit, and then I'll kind of use it as a segue in today's topic. Um, so on, uh, I think it was Tuesday or Monday night, I was like, I don't even know how it really happened. I just decided one day that I was going to try to do a different format of YouTube shorts because the kind I was doing just wasn't working. So I was like... All right, you know, I just I had this idea, and I've taught you. I've I've been teaching recently that God sometimes speaks through ideas that you get, you know. And I learned this from Pastor or Preacher Jay. Um, if you guys don't know Preacher Jay, he's another he's an he's an evangelist, and he's a great one at that, and I love him. But he was talking about how God speaks through ideas, and you'll know it's a good idea or it's a God idea. I should say it's not a good idea; it's a God idea. Because it's anointed and it produces growth for you and for the people around you. It should be a thing that you can serve God, serve others, and it will cause you to grow. And so I, I just started doing it and I kept it up three shorts a day, tw- uh, you know, 7 a.m., 12 p.m. and 7 p.m., and uh, we've been seeing growth like I haven't seen before in my life. I mean, I had a channel... I, okay, so I'll go into a little bit of detail. When I first started making YouTube videos, I started on a channel um, back in 2014, 15, and I wasn't getting any subscribers. You know, even after I kind of went, I kind of went full force at it. I just wasn't producing high quality of content. I, I mean, you know, I couldn't realize it at the time, but my stuff wasn't great. You know, so that went and went, you know, and, and then I started a new channel because, you know, that's what all the kids were doing these days, you know, let's start a new channel. You see what I'm saying? So I did that. Um, and so basically what happened was when I got called into ministry, well, I was, always, I, I know it was called to preach when I was young and I say young and like, I'm like some old guy. Um, I, you know, I know I was called to preach at a young age, but it wasn't until I started back in October that I started a new channel for Destiny Youth, and I left all the other stuff behind. And I went straight back into producing videos for Destiny. Um, I wasn't doing live streams yet, and so then I started doing live streams, which brought in a different kind of audience, you know, for the time being, because I realized that there are some people who don't have time to sit down and watch a video. Sometimes they're on the go, so they need to hear something on the go. So I had this going on, and you know, we did pop. We're doing podcasts as well. Good to see you podcast or hear from you podcast. Leave a comment. Let me know you're watching on podcast. Um, 
tag me on Instagram. Let me know you're watching as well. Anybody. So what happened was, um, this is, I had reached a thousand subscribers on my old channel, the one before this on the slingshot kid version two. And, uh, it, you know, we did pretty well up there right after we hit a thousand subscribers. I went straight into ministry. I went straight into ministry and I left it all behind. And I'm not saying that to be like, you know, I did God a favor. I'm doing it. I did it because I just felt like I had to give myself completely to what I was doing. And I know myself, I can't focus on too many things at one time or I'll get burnt out or one thing will suffer and the other one will continue to grow. So I was like, I'm just going to focus on this. I'm not going to build any other things until I know that God has is pleased with what I'm doing here. And so that's what we've been doing. And so to see that it's only been a year and in some change, like a year and less than a month since we started Destiny Youth and the fact that we've already reached a thousand subscribers, let me tell you something, it's a blessing. Um, and it's, it's, a, it's even more of a blessing to be able to look at yourself and be like, you know what, I know that this isn't what makes me who I am. You know, obviously I'm very thankful for the growth. I'm thankful for you know, the fact that I'm able to uh, minister to people on such a big level, you know, I was just talking to somebody, I was like, you know, I got to go preach an hour, they're like, you preach, I'm like, yeah, you know, this is, you know, I was at my job when it happened, and so this is what I mean by preach, this is my preaching, you know, obviously, we'll get ministry opportunities to go out and minister to other people, but this is the place that God has me right now, and I'm, I'm, you know, I'm learning to maximize on where I'm at, um, and, and, you know, become, so big that God has no choice but to move me to the next place. You know what I'm saying? Praise God for that. So, um, see, this is why I don't like going live on TikTok on on my computer because it's like YouTube. TikTok just blinds people to it. But praise God, we're gonna thank God that He's that God is going to break the algorithm and send people in. Amen. God is gonna do something amazing. So I want to use that as a segue for today's topic called everything you need to know about grace, everything you need to know about grace. And what I mean by that, everything you need to know about what grace is, what it does, who it's for, who it's from, you know, let me know where you're watching from before we get into it. Grace is, the best way to explain it, is God's divine approval on something. God's, the wind of heaven behind something. The wind of heaven, right? There's a scripture that I'm going to read real quick, and uh, it's going to be, it's going to, it'll actually blow your mind. You might be surprised at it. Um. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Um, and you know, it's funny because a lot of people don't like talking about this scripture because they don't understand it, but it's very easy to understand. First Corinthians 15, 10, he says here, but, but by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. 
I'm reading the New Living Translation. But whatever I am now, it is all because God poured out his special favor on me and not without results. For I have worked harder than any of the other apostles. Yet it was not I, but God who was working through me by his grace. So God's grace is God's divine empowerment for blank, blank, blank. Whatever it is that God has called you to do, God has given you the grace to carry it out. Grace is not a covering for sin or a license to sin. And I'm going to go into that a little bit. There's a thing called the hyper grace movement that teaches, you know, you can just do whatever you want to do. And, uh, you know, God is going to be all right with it. But that's not the Bible. The Bible tells us that it's because of the blood of Jesus that um, that we shouldn't be that we should not let sin have dominion over us. Sin should not be something that we struggle with all the time. And what I mean by that is like, not to say that you won't have the temptation to deal with, to, to deal with something in your flesh, but it shouldn't be a thing where you're consistently falling to it. And it, and it doesn't, it doesn't feel great to hear that at first, because the way we've been taught about grace is it's God's unmerited favor. Well, that's what the, the Amplified Bible says. Yes, the Amplified Bible says a lot of stuff. The Amplified Bible says a lot of stuff that's not correct. It does say a lot of stuff that is correct. The Bible, like the Amplified Bible says that speaking in tongues is just foreign languages. It's not foreign languages. It's not. It is, it is a heavenly language that the people who were listening on the day of Pentecost that every single person was able to hear in their own native language. They were able to hear every person in their own native language. They were able to hear 120 people speak in their own language. It was not just, you, you know, and I could go into that. I could be here all night for that. But God's grace is God's divine empowerment for any task. You look at Nehemiah. Nehemiah I mean, you know, he, the way he was able to go about doing what he did was on, on, not on, it was just not the, the normal way. So you get, for example, he goes up to the king and he's all mad and distraught. The king's like, Hey, what's the problem? He's like, um, you know, uh, my town's destroyed. You, you messed up my town, man. What do you think I'm going to be like? You think I'm going to be happy that, you know, I ain't got nowhere to go? My family's hometown is gone now. And so he's like, oh, well, then here, take this and, you know, I'll read it to you because I'm feeling like, I feel like reading today. Hopefully you feel like reading too. You know what? That's that's all right with me. Nehemiah, we're going to go... Uh, Give me a second. <clears throat> um, let me see right here. Go to verse or chapter two. In the month of Nisan, in the twentieth year of King Artaxerxes, when his when wine was placed before him, I took the wine and gave it to the king. 
Now, I had not previously been sad in his presence. You got to remember, being sad in the king's presence was like asking for death. So the king said to me, why do you look sad when you're not sick? This is nothing but sadness of heart. Then I was very frightened. See, he was frightened because he wasn't supposed to be sad. And I said to the king, let the king live forever. Why should my face not be sad when the city, the place of my father's tomb or my father's tombs lies desolate and its gates have been consumed by fire? The king said to me, what do you request? So I may. So I prayed to, to the God of heaven. I said to the king, if it pleases the king and if your servant has found a favor in your sight, I ask that you send me to Judah to the city of my father's tomb so that I may rebuild it. I want you to hear something. He says that I found favor in your presence. To the king. He didn't say, you know, I hope I didn't find your, I hope I found your unmerited favor, amen. No, he said, I hope I found favor in your sight, meaning I hope I found your divine approval or your approval. Then the king beside me, beside who the, whom the queen sitting, was sitting, asked me, how long will your journey take and when will you return? So it pleased the king to send me, and I gave him a definite time for my return. Then I said to the king, if it pleases the king, let the let letters be given to me for the governors of the provinces beyond the Euphrates River, so that <clears throat> they will allow me to pass through until I reach Judah. And a letter to Asaph, the keeper of king's forest, of the king's forest, that he will give me timber to construct beams for the gates of the fortress, which is by the temple, and for the city wall, for the for the house which I will occupy. And the king granted me what I asked, for the good hand of God was upon me. Huh. Read that again. For the good hand of God was upon me. Where's um? Let me see. It's verse eight. I want to see what it says in the King James. Yeah. So it says the same thing. Then I came to the governor's governor's provinces beyond the Euphrates River and gave them the king's letters. Now the king had sent officers and horsemen with me. When Sanballat the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official heard this, it caused them great displeasure that someone had come to see about the welfare and prosperity of the Israelites. So I really don't even need to go any further. That right there is grace in and of itself. The one thing I like about Nehemiah, his story is a is is a is the epitome of grace. It's not talking about sin anywhere in here. I mean, don't get me wrong, it is, but I'm not. The main story is, look what God did through Nehemiah by His grace. Grace has nothing to do with sin in and of itself. Think about it. The free gift of salvation is grace, right? Grace. Is a gift that come and it comes by salvation. It has nothing to do with sin. It is literally finding favor with God to forgive your sins, and it comes through the blood of Jesus. That's why the Bible says He came full of grace and truth. You look at that word. Let's talk about that a little bit. That word, grace and truth. If you really want to know, it means favor or blessing. It comes from the same root word you get the word charism. Charism, you find that word in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where he's talking about the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit are the charisms of the Spirit. That's where you get the word charismatic from, or, uh, you know, charisma. Favor. 
You have a, there's something about you. You're different. The favor of God will cause you to be different. The favor of God won't cause you to be some, you know, you got you to think about this logically here, ladies and gentlemen. God does not, God does not, um, when God favors you, it, it's not what people think. Well, you know, I'm anointed and, you know, because I'm anointed, people don't like me. Mm, that's not how that works. The Bible says Jesus grew in stature with both God and man. He grew with favor and stature with both God and man. It's Luke chapter two, I believe. He grew in stature with both God and with who? Man. Well, how many know it's not about what man thinks of me? It's just what God thinks of me. He called me friend. No, that's not true. You cannot effectively do anything for the kingdom because the kingdom's about reaching the lost if the lost don't like you. That's just reality. The law, if the lost people, if lost people don't like you, you're not going to find, you're not going to get people saved. If you're a jerk to people, people won't like you. Less, let alone like, you know, let alone like your God. If you, if you say you're saved, but you're a jerk to everybody you come across, if you say you're saved, but you don't, you, you don't even tip people at a restaurant. If you say you're saved, but you always have something snide to say to somebody, you are a bad representation to the body of Christ. You don't have favor. You don't have grace. You don't have truth. There's a reason why where everywhere Jesus went, he people gravitated toward him. It wasn't just because he was God. It was because he was respectable. We esteemed him lightly. That's what the Bible says. He, we esteemed him lightly. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. We did esteem him lightly. That's why they killed him. That's why they killed him. But before that, they were singing Hosanna in the highest. And before that, they were trying to figure out where he was going next. They followed him everywhere. He had to literally be taken by the disciples to, to hide from people. He had to, The only time he got away was when he went to go pray. The real favor of God causes you to be a magnet of people because people will be like, what is that about your life that I like? There's something about it that people will start to tell you things about themselves that don't make any sense. You know how many people talk to me about their personal issues that I didn't ask about? I'm not saying it to be like, you know, I made it guys. I'm, I'm big. No, I'm saying that because it's the favor of God. I didn't ask for it and it's not unmerited, but it's because if can God trust you? So let's talk about this a little bit. And I talked about this um, a while ago. There are different graces. There is only one level of grace that you obtain for free. And really, if you think about it, it's still kind of like, you know, salvation is for humble people, right? So the gift of grace is available to all. But the only people that can receive it are the people that are humble enough to take it. So the gift of grace is, yes, it's free. Woo! And he gave it to everybody. But the people who actually get to walk in that grace are the people who are humble enough to realize, I need that grace. The Bible says, and um, go to James real quick. James, um, oh, let me figure this out real quick. 
Mm. Let me see. Yeah. Go to ver James chapter 4, verse 7. So submit to the authority of God, resist the devil, stand firm against him, and he will flee from you. Come close to God with a contrite heart, and he will come close to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your unfaithful hearts, you double-minded people. Be miserable and grieve and weep over your sin. Let your foolish laughter be turned to mourning and your reckless joy to gloom. Humble yourselves with an attitude of repentance and insignificance in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you, and he will lift you up, and he will give you purpose. Believers, do not speak against uh, do not speak against or slander one another who speaks self-righteously against a brother or judges his brother by uh, by how do you say that word? Hypocritically. There we go. Because it had like a hyphen in it. <laughs> Speaks against the law and judges the law. If you judge the law, you are not you're not a doer of the law, but a judge of it. So he says, humble yourselves with an attitude of repentance and insignificance in the presence of the Lord, and he will exalt you and he will give you purpose. There's another scripture. I can't let me see where is it at? I'm going to find it real quick. Am I in the right? I thought it was James, but that's one of them. Um, first Peter. Okay, first Peter five. That's what I was thinking. Okay, first Peter five. You know, I forget like verses, you know, I can't help that. Well, I mean, I could. I just got to remember it. First Peter 5, 6. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Set a self-righteous self pride so that he may exalt you to a place of honor in his service at the appropriate time. Casting all your cares and anxieties and all your worries and all your concerns once and for all on him. For he cares about you with deepest affection and watches over you very carefully. So look at that. Look at that. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, set aside, set aside self-righteous pride so that he may exalt you to the place of honor at, in his service at the right time. That's grace. That is God's divine approval. That's God's favor. That is God's blessing. God's favor causes you to rise up. God's favor will cause you to rise up. Well, I don't believe that. What about Paul? Yes, Paul. He's a great example of that, too. He was a prisoner, yet he slept in the governor's palace. He was a prisoner, yet they gave him his own house so he could continue to preach the gospel. Up until he died. That's what I'm saying. God's grace will give you uncommon favor in uncommon places with uncommon people. I heard a preacher say that. I think that's his model for his church. Uncommon favor with uncommon people in uncommon places because of God's divine approval. God will make things work for you. I don't have to make things work for myself. 
when I made those videos, and I'm using myself as an example, and I don't like to because, you know, people think, you know, what are you trying to say? But this is re real talk. When I decided to obey God and just do the videos, because it had to have been him because it doesn't make any sense. I don't remember even thinking about doing videos like that. I didn't have any idea I was going to do it. But when I decided to do the videos like him, or like he told me to, and use the examples of the people that had gone before me, when I humbled myself, that's when I received God's divine empowerment, and now we grew 400 subscribers in less than a week. Now, I'm not saying that to be pride, prideful. I'm saying that because it's the grace of God. Now, you look at Paul's example. He said he poured out his special favor on me, but not without effect, meaning there was no, when he poured out his grace on me, there was, there was proof behind it. <clears throat> there was proof behind it. There was an example. You could see, you could see the fruit behind it. When God poured out his favor on Christ there, you could see, you could see it, why it happened. You could see that the, the fruit of it. And he did pour out his grace more on the, on Paul than the other apostles, because Paul was probably the greatest preacher of the gospel. And he's still probably, you know, you could say, well, no, because he wrote the, you know, but it's like, yeah, but we're talking about just in general, he reached a lot of people. And you can see even now in the body of Christ that there are people who have more grace than others. People, there are people who have more grace than others. Amen. There are people that reach thousands or millions of people a week alone with the gospel message or the word of God that others only reach like 10, 20 people. And I'm not saying it to be like comparing numbers. You know, people say, well, you, you know, it's, it doesn't really matter how much we reach. I mean, it's all about obeying God. Yeah, but you have a divine commandment. The first commandment God ever gave you was take dominion and be fruitful and multiply. That is your first commandment in scripture. You know, so the moment you sit and you try to make, you try to rationalize spiritually how, you know, growth isn't really important, then you missed the point. Growth is very important to God. He expects it. He expects an increase on the stuff he's put inside of you. So if you say, well, maybe I'm just meant to reach one person, amen. No, nowhere in the Bible do you see that. Nowhere in the Bible do you see that. So God's grace is divine empowerment to do any task. Number one, to avoid sin, to, to destroy sin. Romans chapter six. Sorry, I didn't mean to scratch the mic. Romans chapter six. What shall we say to all this? Should we continue in sin and practice sin as a habit so that God's gift of grace may increase and overflow? No. This is actually, heck no. How can we, the very ones who died to sin, continue to live in it any longer? Or are you ignorant of the fact that all of us who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We have therefore been buried with him through baptism into death, so that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory and power of the Father, we too might 
walk habitually in the newness of life, abandoning our old ways. So it is because by grace we died with Christ, we were raised with Christ to a newness of life, so we no longer walk in the old way of life, but it's by grace. That has nothing to do with, you know, it's unmerited favor, bro. No, that is merited favor. That is merited favor. Because you had to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. You had to say, man, my way of life really sucks. I don't like living this way anymore. Let's keep going. We know that our old self, our human nature, that the Holy Spirit was nailed to the cross with him in order that our body of sin might be done away with so that we would no longer be slaves to sin. For the person who has died with Christ has now been freed from the power of sin. I went to a college, right? And I probably shouldn't have said that because now, you know, you could just remember where I was. But I went to a, I, you know, I went to a place regularly to learn different things. And, and at this school, <laughs> at this school, right, we were doing these like little, um, little small groups that we had during on our hallway and stuff. And so one of these nights, I, I, I made a video about this recently and, um, but they were, they were trying to basically, and I don't really like going into it, not because I'm like hurt by it, but just because it's just a long story that, you know, clearly had no Bible behind it. But these guys were trying to prove to me that God gave us a license to sin. So the question was like, do you think you can be absolutely free from sin? And everybody was like, mm, mm, no, I don't, mm, uh, you know, and I'm just like, no, no, I, I mean, not no, I said yes, I said yes, I said yes. I said you can be absolutely free from sin. It's 100% possible. They're like, what? I said, we died to sin. They said, well, what about, you know, we, we, and they started talking about sins that we don't know we're committing. I was like, is the Holy Spirit on vacation or something? Does the Holy Spirit not, did he just forget to tell us that we're messing up? Do we just not have conviction anymore? Anytime you're doing something wrong and you're aware of it, I mean, anytime you're doing something wrong, you feel the conviction of the Holy Spirit. You may not know exactly what you did wrong, but your spirit knows what's up. And so I was explaining that to them, and this one guy went off on me. And, you know, I didn't know somebody could be so passionate, so passionate, so, um, you know, just so, like, I mean, so zealous, I mean, all this stuff, and be dead wrong. I wanted to shut him down and be like, yo, are, are you done yet? Because he just kept talking. And I'm like, bro, it's it, it, nobody cares. The reality is you can live free from sin. Most people were never taught that. So they don't want to accept the fact that they've been living their life a lie. Paul told Timothy to flee youthful lust, man. He told him, hey, look, you know, we, we talk about this, this vessel of honor thing. And people think that it's a sovereign move of God, that God chooses who's a vessel of honor, who's a vessel of dishonor. You know, we just... We don't understand, amen. No, you can choose to be a vessel of honor or a vessel of wrath. You can choose. Well, does the potter, does the clay tell the potter what he wants to be? No, but God in this case has given you that choice. Who are you going to be? Which side are you going to stand on? 
God has given you clear choice, my friend. Choose life or choose death. But he's telling you, choose life that you and your descendants may live. You have a clear, clear understanding that God is giving you a choice. By his grace, you can choose to be a vessel of honor. You don't have to be a regular bum on the street. You don't have to be a regular preacher. You know, we, 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 we don't really care about that. Amen. We just, we just want the blesser. We don't really care about the blessing. I don't know what people are talking about. I mean, no, God will put you through things so that you don't forget who he is. Amen. Mm, that's not in the Bible. It's not. And people come up with these things and they, you know, I'm getting off topic, but people come up with these things and they're not biblical. They're not biblical. Because if if you're telling me right now that God will not, will, will put you through things so that you don't forget him. What about the people that did forget him? What about those people? What about those people that forgot about God? Did he forget to remind them? No, because they have a choice to make. When you decide to walk away from God, your life automatically goes down. There's no way around that. There's no, that you know, you know what I'm saying? It doesn't change. It doesn't change. God, God's not going to hold, you know, headlock you and make you obey his will. You have a choice to make and you will stand before him. So all these people that come up with these grace messages that, you know, we can, you know, we all make mistakes. And I mean, that's one of the things, you know, God, gave, this is what they said at the, the group I was in, you know, God gave us grace. Amen. So we, we can make those mistakes and learn from them. And I'm sitting here like, what nonsense is this? No wonder revival hasn't hit this university yet because you've got no, I mean, you, you know, you You've got people that want to say what they want to say. You could spit scripture till, you know, they call you, you, you know, you could spit scripture till a mosquito bites you. And the only thing that comes out is the blood of Jesus. And people will still say, mm, yeah, but you would spit scripture out at them. You could literally just vomit a Bible out and be like, yeah, this is actually what it says here. And they'd still be like, mm, yeah, but my experience, it doesn't matter what your experience is. The grace of God is not a covering for sin. It's not God's unmerited favor. No matter how many Google definitions you find, you know, it's just God's favor. We don't deserve it. You don't deserve the saving grace of God, but there's other graces. There's a, you know, go to 1 Corinthians real quick, uh, chapter 12. We're going to go there real quick because I talked about it a little bit, but, you know, just to give you guys like, just so you guys know, I'm not like trying to be a meanie, trying to like ruin the fun. You know, why don't, why don't you just let us be us, man? Like, why can't we just enjoy our sin? Because guess what? Your sin's enjoying you. I know, I know people, I know people right now. I'm not going to say, you know, what I was going to say. I know people right now who are talking about, you know, I, I pray now and, you know, I'm enjoying, you know, enjoying God. And then they still live in the world. That's not grace. 
God has no obligation to answer your prayers. I'm not saying it because he doesn't love you. I'm not saying it because he doesn't want to answer your prayers. You don't think he wants to help you. You don't think he wants to answer your prayers. He does, but he has no obligation to answer people who are not sold out to him. The grace of God is not something we say whenever, you know, we're about to eat the food that we got on the table. It's not something that God just pours out on us whenever we do something wrong. Matter of fact, forget 1 Corinthians. Go to 1 John real quick. I'm going to go back to 1 Corinthians, but I'm on something right now. And I want people to get this. Like, like, leave this alone. Go to, um, is it verse... Um, I'm going to find this real quick because now it's like, first John one, nine, I'll go back to, uh, second, first Corinthians in a little bit, but I want something else right now. First, uh, first John one, nine, if we, uh, if we freely admit that we have sinned and confess our sins, he is faithful and just to, to and true to his own nature and promises and will forgive our sins and cleanse us continually from all unrighteousness, our wrongdoing, everything not in conformity will is with his will and purpose. There you go. There you go. Where do you see grace in that scripture? Well, you know, by his grace, we become new people. You're already a new person. The problem is you're not walking it out. Now let's go back to 1 Corinthians. I'm not mad at you, by the way. I'm mad at, like, this stupid idea that people have in their heads. Like, they can just talk to God, you know. And, hey, God, you know, you know, you know how, how's life going up there in heaven? Um, He's like, bro, you don't, you don't, are we, are we really good like that? This is real talk. How is your relationship with God if you say, you know, it's all about grace? If your understanding of grace is off, no matter what happens, you're going to find an excuse to sin. Well, God knows my heart. Amen. Amen. You know, God, you know, he's a loving God. And, you know, if God really loves me, he just lets me do whatever I want. Bull-loney. Bull-loney. No, 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 no. No, he's not. That's not how grace works. Grace is not God's just letting you do whatever you want to do. And but just come on back home to daddy when you're all dirtied up, because eventually you're going to get to a point where the you're going to keep going back to that thing. And it's just going to keep getting worse and worse and worse. That's why, you know, and that's why people end up going back into, that's why people end up hitting rock bottom before they get better. Well, you know, God must have let it, God must have put them through that so that way they could come back to him. No, he didn't put them through anything. The reality is when you walk away from God, there's a curse on your life. Look at Jonah. God didn't put Jonah through all of that. It was actually his mercy that got the whale to swallow Jonah. It was for his own protection. Notice how he got spit up on the shore of the place he was trying to avoid. It was the mercy of God that got the whale to swallow Jonah. And then he spit him up. But the reality is he didn't have to go through a stupid whale if he would have just done his part. But he was cursed. He was so cursed. Even the people who weren't saved knew he was cursed. 
My life was cursed. I knew I was called to preach as a young kid. I tried to build up YouTube channels and businesses. It didn't work. It didn't work. I, no matter how much I tried, God was not going to fund a project he didn't, he didn't ordain for me to do. There's a lot of people walking around under a curse. They don't even know why their life's not working out. It's because you're not doing the thing God calls you to do. And until you think, until you settle in your heart, I'm going to do the thing. The Bible says, if you be willing and obedient, not just willing and not just obedient. If you be willing and obedient, what's the difference? Willing means I'm actually, I, I want to do it. And then obedient says, I am going to do it or I'm doing it. Because there's a lot of people who are willing, but they never get anything done. There's a lot of people who are obedient. And guess what? They hate what they're doing. You've got to settle in your heart. This is what God wants. This is what I want too. Do you realize that if Jesus didn't have the right attitude, him going to the cross would have been nothing if he was like, oh, I don't see why I gotta, I don't see why I gotta die. No, he had to settle in his heart that he was going and that he was going to endure it for the sake of our salvation. The grace of God, man, is God's ability to to God's approval to, to supernaturally speed you up to do the things you're called to do. The supernatural grace of God is on this on these live streams. It's on the, the shorts we're making. It's on the videos we're doing. It's on the things that we're producing because it's what God called me to do from the beginning. From the day I was born. From No, from the day God even thought of me in his brain was the day that this was ordained for me to do. And every day I spent away from it was every day I spent out of the will of God. No matter how saved I was, you know, I was going to go to heaven, but I was out of the will of God. Whether people want to admit it or not, until you or you decide in your mind, I'm going to do what God called me to do. The grace of God is not on your life. And that's why nothing will work out. You're not like you're not like unbelievers who can do whatever they want to do and, and see you know, rocket rocket numbers, because here's the thing. They don't have a father. Their father hates their guts. Satan does not like them. He wants them burning with him. Your father loves you too much. That's the reality of it. So you're, it's not going to work. So here's what I'm talking about. First Corinthians chapter 12, we're talking about the gifts of the spirit. If you look at the word gifts, that word is really just talking about charism. Charism, all it means is it is God's divine empowerment. It is a favor. A favor. A favor. So guess what? Some people have a grace for healing. Some people have a grace for words of wisdom or words of knowledge. Some people have a grace for prophecy. Some people have a grace for this or a grace for that. They are able to work in it fluently. I'm able to work in this fluently. You see what I'm saying? Let me see. Some people are able to work in wonder-working faith. Wonder-working faith is just special faith or the gift of faith. Another gift or another grace is healing. Another grace is working of miracles. You'll see so there's different graces that we have, different things that God has given us on the inside of us that we have the ability to do. These are all given by the spirit. So a lot of people, and this is the thing that I don't understand personally, 
This is my personal opinion. And uh, I'm looking for, like, biblical responses only. You have a lot of people who have the propensity, which is not a grace, but it's the the inclination or the they have the build for it. Clear example. Mm, I'll use it, and I'm not sure this is a great example, and I'll play with it as I go. If I have a pen and it's red, but out but only blue ink comes out of it, that's confusion. A red pen is supposed to produce red ink, right? I mean, most of the time, I hate when pens have mixed ink and different. I don't understand that. That doesn't make any sense to me. But if I'm saying like a lot of people have what we would call prophetic gifts, but that's just because they're very in tune with the spirit, with the spirit realm, but they're not in tune with the spirit. For instance, a psychic is similar to a prophet in that they can see things in the future to an extent. But a prophet, his gift comes from God. And, you know, a psychic, their gift comes from, you know, you know, devils who don't even know the few five minutes from now what's going to happen. That's the funny thing about it. <laughs> Demons, did you know that psychics, the only thing that they know is whatever the demons know? And demons don't know the future? The only reason a demon can assess a situation far ahead is because they've been around longer than most humans have, or most, all humans have. They don't have the ability to know the future. God does not give them that unless God's like, hey, y'all can see this. That's it. They don't know anything that we don't know. They just have the same thing we have, reasoning. But their reasoning is on a different level because they've been here for thousands of years. You see what I'm saying? So, the grace of God produces a prophet. But a person dabbling in other stuff produces a psyche. Does that make sense? So, a lot of times we say this person has, has a prophetic gift on them. They don't have a prophetic gift. They've probably been dabbling in some stuff, and that's why they're able to pick up on stuff. And people have spirits, too. That's why even if a person isn't even even dabbling in stuff, they have a spirit man. Your spirit man knows stuff that your natural mind doesn't. I thought the spirit was dead. No, when it says dead to the spirit, it doesn't mean that they're dead, that their spirit is dead. Your spirit can't die. It's immortal. What it means is, is that your spirit, that you're no, you're not in relationship the same way you see on those teen dramas, you're dead to me, bro. The person's not actually dead. They just have no relations with them. So now we're no longer dead to the spirit. We're dead to sin, which means that I no longer have a relationship with sin. Does that make sense? So when it comes to this, to grace, understand this. Number one, God God's grace is not a license to sin. It's not a cover up for sin. God, yes, he wants, he will forgive you of your sin. I'm not saying that. That's not grace. That's mercy. What I'm talking about is that God's grace is a divine empowerment to live in power over sin, to live in, to 
do anything he's called you to do, whether it's ministry, business, whatever the thing is, he's giving you the power to do it, to accomplish any task. You know, let's say, because I work at a job right now, he's given me the grace to undertake that task. He's given me the grace to be a problem solver. He's given me the grace to work with those people. That's why people can trust me at this job I'm working at. Not because, you know, it's the, you know, uh, I'm just good at my job. It's because it's the grace of God on my life that comes through humility. Because if I realize I don't have it in myself, I have to depend on God. I realize it's his grace. And as you can be trusted with that grace, he'll give you more grace. That's why he says he gives more grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. So the more proud you are, the less grace you get, and the more things fall apart for you. That's why no matter how much you try to, you know, do your own thing, if you're living in sin, it's not going to work. It's going to fail 100%. You know, you know, that's just how it is. So God's grace is a favor or blessing. Think about blessing. Blessing just means the approval. The same way you go to the stupid bank and you ask them to approve you for money instead of going to God and asking him for his approval. I, I mean, I didn't mean to say it like that. I meant to say the way you go to a bank and ask them for a loan, you know, that kind of thing. The way you ask them for a loan, an approval on a loan, you're saying, hey, can you bless me with a loan? You could do the same thing. You could use that same faith you have to go to a bank and ask them for a loan that you could just say, Father, can you approve me for a financial blessing today? Father, I thank you for approving me for a financial blessing. Father, I've been, that's why he says, come, he says, like, come, let us reason together. Talk to God like he's a real person, because he is. He's more real than you and me. Just say, Father, I've been faithful with this amount. Can I be bumped up? I know a guy who, you know, he was just like, look, God, I may not even be your first choice for this thing, but let me do it. And God did it for him. So you have to talk to God and use terms you understand. God, I understand that your grace or your blessing means this is just your approval. So, Father, can you approve me for this thing? I thank you for approving me for this finances or for these finances. I thank you for approving me for a child or I thank you for approving me for this business or approving me for this ministry or whatever. And God, see, that's how God talks to people. He doesn't talk to son. Understand. There's power. Stop. God's sitting up there like, bro, you're a clown, okay? But he loves he, he loves you anyway. Um, somebody has to, amen. And um, so that's what grace is. God's divine wind behind what you're doing in every stage of life. And you can have that grace. And let's pray. <sighs> Father, we thank you for this day. I thank you for every person watching right now. I thank you, Lord, for the grace of God on our lives. I thank you, Lord, that you called us to carry this grace, to be ministers of the gospel, to be supernatural agents of your power to this generation in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for increasing this grace on our lives as we humble ourselves before you and we understand that we can do nothing apart from you. Like Paul said, you poured out more grace on us than the other apostles, but it wasn't without effect. And we realize that it's not us doing it, but it's the grace of God that's in us causing it to happen. And Lord, we thank you 
that we're seeing more grace in our lives today. Father, whatever things people are asking for, whatever approval approvals that people are asking for, I thank you, Lord, for granting that approval right now to them because they've humbled themselves enough to ask you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, for pre-approving us at the cross. Hallelujah. Thank you that no denial, no curse can come upon us in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, that no demonic attack has any power over us. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. We give you all the praise, the honor, and glory in Jesus' name. Everybody said amen. If you've never received Jesus Christ today, this grace that I'm talking about, need you need this grace, but it only comes through accepting that Jesus Christ is Lord of your life, that he died on the cross for your sins, the sins that separate you from God, the sin that we that we committed to, against God. You can't get access to this grace, to this level of grace I'm talking about. Obviously, this saving grace is being extended to you, to, extended to you right now. God wants you in his kingdom. He wants to give you this grace, but it can't be extended to you until you become a clean vessel. You cannot put on new wine and old wineskins. It doesn't work. It will burst. That's what the Bible says. God will not put his grace on old, on old vessels. So be a vessel of honor. How do you do that first? Just re rededicate your life to Christ if you haven't, or if you've never accepted Jesus Christ. Your first time decision. Do that today. Make it your first, make it your first time. Settle it in your heart today that, Lord, I'm done living life my way. I want it your way. I don't want to have to hit rock bottom for things to work out. You don't, you realize that you don't have to hit rock bottom. You have all these people that be struggling. They hit rock bottom and then they say, this is where I found God. And God was like, you could have found me way before. He's still great. He's still happy to help them. But guess what? It would have been so much easier. How many things can we avoid if we just understood what's available to us? If that sounds like you, I want you to lift up your hand to heaven. And I want you to say this prayer with me. Say, Heavenly Father, I admit that I've sinned and I repent. I believe in my heart. You raised Jesus from the dead. And I confess with my mouth that Jesus is Lord of my life. Write my name in the Lamb's book of life and fill me with the Holy Spirit so I can do the wonders you sent me to do. I know I'm saved. I know I'm righteous. I know I'm made right with God. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. Welcome into the family of God. I'm very happy that you're here. I mean that. I mean that. Do us a favor. Go to our website right here. Boom. Very simple. Fill out this form. Let us know you prayed this prayer with us. It means the world to me, my friend. It means the world to me. You should see it on YouTube and uh, Twitch coming up in a little bit. Um, There it is. Okay. Yeah. Click on that form. Fill it out. We'll send you a free little uh, nine episode podcast. It's very short podcast. Um, Very... Core doctrines that you need to live a victorious life in Christ. And I'm telling you, it'll bless you. It blessed me just recording it. Um, and uh, I greatly appreciate it. Okay, so we're done with that part of tonight. 
Uh, I want to give you guys a chance if you want to. Don't feel, you know, don't feel uh, like you, you have to do it. But if you feel led, so tonight, praise God. Look, we're reach, we just reached 40,000 people this week alone with the Bible, with the word of God, the gospel, the whole counsel of God's word, different things, different doctrines we're preaching on, man. And uh, we're only getting started. It's, it's going to go up from here. Um, we were about to cross over 1,200 subscribers. We might have just crossed over, I think. I'm not sure. I got to check. But um, actually, I'll check right now while I'm here. Uh, minus the hate comments. I get a lot of hate comments. Now people just getting mad at me. Oh, no. We're at 1,179. So, look. That's more than that was this morning. You know what I'm saying? So, praise God for that. Um. I greatly appreciate you guys watching and, and supporting what we're doing. If you don't, if you uh, want to just click on a link and give that way, um, I'll be putting a link in the chat for you guys as well. You can give through crypto. You can scan the QR code. Or you can go to destinyyth.com slash give. You can go to PayPal, uh, destinyyth. You can do DY give on Venmo or Cash App. Um, both of those ways work and we greatly appreciate it. It means a lot to me. Praise God. Praise God. The Bible says that as you uh, support ministries that are preaching the gospel, every soul we save is credited to you. I let people know that every time because I want you to understand the Bible says that people perish without, well, people perish because of a lack of knowledge. So if you're unaware of the things that belong to you, then you'll never get them. If you're unaware of money sitting in your bank account right now, you'll never use it. You know, the Bible, that, that, that's, that's how it works. So I want you to be aware of this as well, that um, when you give, there's a blessing for you. You tap into that grace that we were talking about. Remember, there's different graces. And when you, when you become a giver, you tap into the God's financial grace. I'm telling you, that's, that's Bible. He says, I'm the Lord your God. Um, he said, you shall remember the Lord your God for it is he who gives you the power to create wealth. That power is the grace to create wealth. That's Bible. So, Father, we thank you for every person that gave today, whether they give on replay. We thank you so much for sending people our way. We thank you, Lord, for blessing them in the city, blessing them in the field, blessing them going in. Bless them going out. In Jesus' name, we give you praise for it now. Everybody said, amen, amen, and amen. I love you. I'll see you guys Tuesday. Okay, before you guys go, um, I will be going live Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, but not Friday. So then you guys know. I might do like a Saturday thing just to make up for it, but we'll see. But um, I love you. I see you guys tomorrow. We're actually. What's funny is I'm not. I didn't plan on this. I didn't plan on doing it. Well, yeah, I kind of did, but at the same time, I didn't. Tomorrow we're talking about the four types of giving. I think it might be seven now, depending on how my notes look. And four to seven types of giving. I, you know, I'll figure it out. Four to seven types of giving. I'll see you guys later. I love you. Bye bye.